Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. You're listening to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, now part of the ChairShot Radio Network on thechairshot.com. Remember, always use your head. You look like a dude who should be pumping my fucking gas. This isn't doing it for me. There's, I'm not getting, in, I'm not getting enjoyment out of this. He was a before the bell rings all star. All right, everybody. It is Thursday night, November 30th, 2023. That is right. November has come and gone. Thanksgiving is over. Over. I hope everyone had a safe and awesome Thanksgiving weekend, uh, family time, whatever you do. I hope you, you know, had fun, ate a lot, drank a lot, and made it back home safe and are back here to listen to us and go about your daily routine. This is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Part of the ChairShot Radio Network to be found on thechairshot.com where we remind you and encourage you to always use your head. Uh, Going to go around the room here like I always do and introduce this cast of characters we've got here tonight. First, hailing from the Purple Haze in Cloud9, he is Bucky's tag team partner. He is a man destined to go through a barbershop window. Jason, sir, how are you tonight? Hello. All right. He's a man of few words tonight. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll drag some more out of him before the night before the night is over. But uh, moving on here from the Rob the Genius podcast, he is the Minister of Truth, the Father of Facts and Figures, the Deacon of Data. He is the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. He's Ray Cash's daddy and the man with the golden shovel and a fresh haircut. Rob, how you doing, bud? All right. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I. I, I cut my hair earlier today because it's gotten a bit out of control so <laughs> yeah mine's uh mine's coming my, my mine's probably going to be this weekend because it's starting to get a little get a little rough there yeah i've reached the stage where i'm putting it up in a bun again so it's the the chop is soon coming probably after that, <laughs> you're gonna have your visit to the barber pretty soon too huh it's the cycle you know grow yeah. it all out and then chop it all off grow it all out and then chop it all off that's yeah, that's mine's me- been running away from my face for about 15 years now, so I don't grow it out. (laughs) And I am the man with the award-winning, holy, epic, and now, now I've got a beard update. According to the daughter of a patient that I had last week, it is a powerful beard. Uh, I'll tell that story in a minute, because as as you guys have heard over the last episode or two, I have been talking about the award-winning beard. The Beards contract is up in February, and there's been some uh, back and forth as to whether or not the Beard is going to re-sign, whether or not I'm going to re-sign the Beard. Uh, last year at the Brevard County Renaissance Festival, like I talked about last week, the Beard won Best Groomed. This year, the Beard failed to secure any type of an award. I only deal with winners here. However, the Beard has countered every time the Beard gets complimented by somebody, the decimal point moves, Okay. 
I lowballed him. I lowballed him about a month or so ago, and he wasn't going to resign, and I wasn't going to resign him. But now, every time somebody compliments the beard, I, I see the dollar sign going up. So we're still in contract negotiations. Lawyers are still talking. That is still ongoing. I'll keep you guys posted week to week as, as things change, if they do change. Uh, basically, all I can tell you is my sources are telling me that the beard might sign. The beard might, might not resign. That'll be twelve ninety nine a month. So, DJ, Anywho, I have a question. What's that? that? So it seems like you're all or, you're in all or nothing right now. Like it's either beard or no beard. Could there ever be any last second negotiations for perhaps some sort of goatee or mustache? Uh, I have I have considered the possibility of sending the beard back down to developmental. Um, which okay. would mean a complete rebrand, a complete gimmick change, uh, which would mean obviously a cleanup. Uh, but again, the beard keeps coming back with more negotiating power. Every time I'm out somewhere and somebody compliments the beard and says the beard looks good, well, the beard come, the beard's lawyers come back to me and say, "Look, the beard is over." You know, so you have right. to. I have to take this into consideration. I, I think you, you've you. I think you could safely rule out. Total removal. I think at this point you need you need a gimmick change up. You need you know something needs to change certainly, but yeah, I think the beard needs to stay in some format. And right now that's kind of where I'm leading. Um, I've talked mm -hmm. to my lawyers earlier today. We've drafted up some new paperwork. Uh, like I said, there's a possibility the beard could go back to developmental. Um, and and if that's the case, we may be talking about a a possible cut in pay. But again, the beard is over, so. We'll, we'll see what happens. Like you said, we still got about two months left, two and a half months left on the contract. We'll see what happens from there. Um, but first thing I want to do before we really get started tonight is I talk about the beard and I talk about episodes that we've had in the past. I got to call myself out. Last couple of weeks, Mindless Wrestling Podcast has done some watch-alongs. Um, and about two weeks ago, I think, it was the not the week of Thanksgiving, the week before, we recorded an episode and we watched along a couple of couple of matches here and we had a good time and talked about a lot of stuff and the production manager slash editor slash me edited did all the did all the work did all the legwork sent it over to my boss apparently sent the wrong episode sent an episode from a year ago so I went to listen back to the episode and. It sure wasn't from two weeks ago. I don't know what happened. So those of you that listen to the Mindless Wrestling Podcast on a regular basis were probably just as confused as I was when that episode came out two weeks ago, uh, wondering what the hell happened. And it was, you know, the episode was dated November 23rd, and this was like November 20th was my first clue. So I do apologize for that. I don't know what happened. I, work has been rough for the last Work and life has been rough for the last few months, and I think just in my haste to get it, you know, edited and sent over to my boss so they could get it uploaded, I think I clicked on the wrong file, sent it over to send it over to my boss, and you know what happened happened. He didn't question it; he just uploaded it. I'm like, you're my backup to the backup, buddy. <laughs> but it, it is what it is. What's done is done. The episode is not lost, though. The episode is not lost. You can go listen to and. For your pleasure, view that entire episode in its in, you know, in its entirety on our YouTube channel. That is, go to YouTube and look up the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. I believe the episode is called The Lost Episode. Uh, while you're there, if you're not already, like it, subscribe, share it, 
watch some of the other stuff. We've got some exclusive content there, a couple of full episodes, some behind-the-scenes stuff, and some, uh, some, some greatest hits types of things on the YouTube channel. My goal is to really start getting that thing going and building this brand in the new year. Um, but, yeah, if you want to go check that episode out, again, go to YouTube, Mindless Wrestling Podcast. You can check that out there. Uh, let's start off just on a quick around the horn here. Rob, how's your week going, bud? Uh, pretty quiet, to be honest. Um, I did uh, over the weekend, I did something that was the first time for me ever doing it, and I cooked a turkey. Ah. <laughs> Not for Thanksgiving, well, because at my daughter's school, they, they gave out some turkeys at some like people who came over like parent teacher conferences. Um, so, like, they handed one to me, and I was like, well, okay, I guess. <laughs> I like, okay. And I brought it home. So I just, you know, and it was in the refrigerator. I was like, you know what? Um, it, I'm not going to waste this. Um, it's here. Why not? If, you know, if, you know if, if it turns out bad, then fine, you know. But, and I didn't have the kids last weekend, so it was just me anyway. So I was like, well, if it turns out bad, then I'll just eat the nasty turkey over the weekend and then whatever. Right? That'll be, it'll be done. <laughs> so did you uh, did you get together with your mom and your family for Thanksgiving then? Oh uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, um, went to my brother's house and um, yeah, we had Thanksgiving dinner there. So you know, and then like was it either Friday or Saturday last week? I just I put it in the oven and followed the instructions and you know, and it turned out okay. And I ate turkey for the next few days and everything's fine. So it's just I never actually cooked one myself because I've never been. You know, I've never hosted, or if I did host here, I think I just went out and bought one that was already cooked or something, just had to warm it up, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Was. But, you know, when I was a kid, my my dad cooked the turkey. Um, so, mm-hmm. I've never really done it myself. So, I just figured, why the hell not? Um, again, you know, if, if it's bad, it's bad. And then, you know, it's just me that weekend anyway. So, you know, what now? There you go. All right, Jason, how was your Thanksgiving, bud? It was awesome. We uh, went. We had my uh, dad and my sister over for brunt, uh, breakfast, really. Um, so we cooked breakfast for them. And then they, because um, everybody was uh, going off in different directions. So then we, and then we went to Emily's sister's house for Thanksgiving proper, and it was delightful. So awesome. we saw everybody that we wanted to see, and um, Bucky got to see everybody he wanted to see. So, because we brought Bucky over for both events, obviously. So, nice. That was fun. When is so? Is it Christmas time that you and your wife do the uh, the cinnamon rolls? Yeah. Okay, so it's Christmas time. I knew that was coming up. I just couldn't remember whether it was Christmas or Thanksgiving. Yes, sir. So, Christmas. That's fun. That's that sounds like a good time. I love cinnamon rolls. They are delicious. Um, my Thanksgiving was good. We went up to Pensacola, uh, see my dad, my stepmom, both my brothers showed, both my aunts, my dad's sisters were there, my niece was there, um, we had some other assorted family come over, so that was a good time. Uh, we came home on Saturday, the rest of the, the week fell apart for me. Uh, Monday ended up being a crap fest. I had, I ended up at the dentist uh, Monday afternoon. I had a cavity on one side, it was a real small cavity. And I was going to get it, I was actually in the works to get it fixed, you know, come the new year, just get past the holidays and everything. Because, you know, dental insurance only costs so much and dental work costs money. Um, So I was, you know, planning on getting it done at the first of the year. I was eating a uh, bacon cheeseburger on Monday at lunch and I took a bite and part of the bacon got in that tooth. 
and I bit down and I just heard crunch and then I felt this jabbing in the gum. So I'm like, what Ugh. the crap was that? So, you know, I reached in my mouth, messed around and you know, I got my tongue in there messing around and the tooth basically like cracked and split in half. So I've got this portion of the tooth just like kind of dangling there. I'm like, ah, oh, God. So took the rest of the afternoon off, went to the dentist, uh, long story short, ended up needing a root canal and a crown, which, you know, is how I spent my day yesterday, which was my first time. I, I've never had that much dental work done before. I've had cleanings and I've had a tooth pulled, um, but anything that extensive, I'm usually pretty meticulous with my teeth. And I'm really frustrated because I went to the dentist for a cleaning about about a year or so ago and the cleaning went well all my teeth looked healthy there were no cavities i was rocking right along and then all of a sudden this thing this one popped up and i'm like what the hell i didn't have any cavities a year ago so <clears throat> very frustrating especially as meticulous with my teeth as i am so now i'm playing the waiting game for the permanent crown to come in i won't get that done until january 1st looking at the expense of the whole thing you know about 1700 dollars out the door right around christmas time thank you very much it's like the universe just hates me lately. I'm ready to flush 2023 down the toilet. and But I, I feel like I say that every year. I feel like the last four years have just stunk. Like, 2019 was okay. 2020 through 2023, absolute shit show. So, I just mentioned we've gone through Thanksgiving. What does that mean in wrestling vernacular? WWE Survivor Series. The Thanksgiving used to be the Thanksgiving Day tradition, not so much anymore, was uh, you know, this past weekend, Survivor Series event. We're going to talk about that in its entirety, and then we've got some stuff to discuss on the back end of that. Uh, before we get all that started, I want to invite you to go over to prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. From there, the holidays are coming up. Guys, the holidays are here. Shopping time is here. You need to get your friends, your loved one, yourself a t-shirt. Go prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Most of your favorite chair shot radio network podcasts are, rec are, are represented there with some type of t shirt, tank tops, including this very podcast, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Pick one up as a gift, pick two up as a gift. We will thank you. Your family will thank you. Your skin will thank you if you pick one up in soft style. Again, prowrestlingtees.com forward slash the chair shot. Go check one out for yourself. At this point, I'm going to turn the floor over to my co-host, Jason. Jason, it's customary. He always takes over these cards, and we're going to go down the Survivor Series card, bud. All right. So we kicked this show off with a doozy. We had the Women's War Games match in which Damage Control, of course, Bailey, Asuka, Eosky, and Kyrie Sane took on Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Shotzi, and Becky Lynch. Uh, they were Team Bianca, excuse me. Um, but... This match was, uh, I know I use this expression a lot, but, you know, sometimes it is what it is. You Everything you wanted with all these girls in the ring. Uh, it was awesome. We had the hug heard around the world that I'm sure Rob just couldn't help himself from throwing up while that was going on. And we had, you know, <laughs> EO do her uh, trash can spot even better somehow um, off the top of the cage. Uh, just everything you want, and then the good guys win. Uh, so we, I, I had a lot of fun with this, and it continues the fracture of damage control. So well done, all all around. Um, DJ, what'd you have here? I had a lot of fun. I probably would 
wager to say this was my favorite match of the night. Just because all the women felt like stars. Everyone felt important. The match was a lot of fun. And I really, really, really dig this damage control thing. Especially now with Kyrie Sane involved and the inevitable that's going to like when they inevitably just execute Bailey and her so seemingly unaware of what's like, like she, she doesn't trust it, but at the same time she trusts it. It's, it's just well done. It's a lot of fun to watch it play out on my TV. I, I'm going to be absolutely heartbroken for Bailey when, when that, when the thing happens, but Dude, it, that face turn is going to hit like crack cocaine. Oh, yeah. It's going to be wonderful. It really is. And kind of, here's what I'm hoping. And I'm, I'm going to throw a wild prediction out here. <clears throat> we talked several years ago about the four horsewomen of WWE versus the four horsewomen of uh, the, the MMA world. I feel like we may be on a collision course. And, and I understand that one of the four horsewomen no longer works for the company. But we are still several months away from WrestleMania. I feel like at some point, we get the artist formerly known as Sasha Banks back, a fourth member of whatever damage control becomes. I know, you know, it's they, they've, there's been talks that WWE has been in at least contact with Julia from stardom. If they can get her, get her over there, I'd be really interested in seeing a, a four-on-four, four-horsewomen versus whatever this faction ends up being at WrestleMania. That would be a lot of fun. Uh, Rob, what do you have here with the uh, women's war games match? Specifically, please, off the top, what did you think about Becky and Charlotte finally playing <clears throat> bygones be bygones and the hug heard around the world? Well, if my queen is happy, then I'm happy. Okay. Aww. Oh, that was so... <laughs> 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 we need a soundboard. Hey, what a good little subject. <laughs> no, uh, um, in all seriousness, I mean, you know, um, if they're in real life on better terms than they were, then that's, then that's, that's you know, that cool. I, mean, I imagine that spot. Tell me that wasn't happen. a great moment, though. So, <clears throat> you know, and it's because I, I don't root for people to not get along with each other. So, and listen, you know, and look, I, I, Stand by everything I've ever said. I will not take any of it back. <laughs> okay, um, but if if they're on better terms now, and if if they're in real life on better terms now, and it did seem that way at the little you know post show thing or whatever. Um, yeah, they were they were playing off each other in that really well. So yeah, so and obviously, look, I mean, they're in different places in life now. They're both married, and you know, making got a kid and all that stuff. So look, they're not going to be hanging out all the time anymore, or anything like that. And you know, that you know, but still, um, listen, I'm not a you know world traveling sports entertainer, but I can tell you that when people get married, people have kids, and then people don't, and you know, people are on a different pace. It it changes your relationship with folks. It just does. I'm sorry. That happens in life, not just in, you know, in the wrestling world. You know, I look at my group of friends. We're still friends. We're still we're still close. But these were guys that I used to hang out with every Monday night and watch Raw. Excuse me. Then when SmackDown became a thing, we were together every Monday night. And at the time, I think SmackDown was on Thursday. Then we were there for the pay-per-views. And sometimes with WCW and WWF at the time running, there were two pay-per-views a month. 
So, and, and even then, that one guy I played in a band with, so we were together probably 70% of the time being conservative here, you know, and then all of a sudden, you know, we all matured, got married, had kids, and we're still very close. We keep in touch, but we don't see each other once a month, maybe. Yeah. It happens. Um, yeah. So just, I mean, and again, just... we're none of us, it happens to all of us, and none of us are world-traveling sports entertainers. Right. So, but, but anyway, good to see them hug it out. Yeah, and so I mean, I hope it is. I hope that it is a r- real thing, and that they are on better terms now. That'd be, yeah, I hope so. Um, as for the match, look for me, it was, you know, and not just for obvious reasons, but I'm, for me, it was the best women's working match they've had. Um, and also because, like, a lot of the stuff, like, I mean, it's a war games match, so the very premise is ridiculous to start with, but you can still manage the ridiculous things in such a way that, you know, it's still, you know, quasi-believable, right? Um, and so this time around, like, I've, you know, of course, I've said before how I can't stand when you got the two minutes where you have the advantage or the two minutes where you're supposed to be trying to help your partners, and then they spend half the two minutes out there finding right. a table. But hang on, that made sense this time. That's I was going to get to that because yeah, this time they didn't do it till the end, and everybody was down. And then like Kyrie and Dakota helped Oscar get the table into the into the cage. Like, but he, also the timer they specifically mentioned, and they used this that the timer for the next person to come out of the cage, the next team member of the opposite team, doesn't start until. The, that that team member is in the cage. So yes, they're they they're not using their advantage, but they don't have an advantage yet until they actually get in the cage. So it makes sense at that point for her to be like, "Yeah, I'm going to use this time to stuff a bunch of shit into the cage." Right. So the, and the, and because see, last year they didn't do that. Last year they literally wasted half of the two minutes that they had, you know, dig, digging for shit under the ring to bring in. Right. And now, when that and was, the next girl all of a sudden came out, and or the next guy, and bang. It, it, it and at some points it was just kind of bad. So that was good. Um, I approved. They brought better, you know, like, like I said, saving the table to the end meant that you know the stuff they brought in before that was just better. Like, um, you know, when Eo brought the chain in there, that, bring the chain in there is a perfect example of what you're supposed to bring in there. Yeah. Um. And then those, you know, Oscar got those Kindle sticks at the, you know, when yeah, she bring the Kindle sticks. Yeah, and you know they got a little heavy with the chairs, but and then I really liked when um when EO you know hung the chain down there to Dakota to bring the trash can up in there. That was awesome. That is much better than trying to throw the trash can over the top of the cage. Yep. Or bring the trash can in there with you, you know when trying to crawl through the door with it so somebody can just kick you in the face while you're crawling through the door. <clears throat> right. <laughs> so that was a much better way to bring that in there. And also, and it, it actually made the trash can spot actually wasn't as silly because she sent the trash can up there on the chain. And, you know, she didn't bring it up there with it. Right. She didn't carry the trash can up there. Right. You know, which right. I think she's done in the past. Um, so even that part wasn't, you know, crazy. And then the oh well the the chained up spot where they had Becky and Bianca chained together and they did, did the four way drop kick in the middle of the ring. 
Like, that was something we haven't seen before. Right. Did you see, they post, somebody posted it on the X app earlier today, the overhead cam oh, yeah. shot of that? Yeah. 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 Freaking incredible. What a great, what a great shot of that. Yeah. And then Kyrie doing the spinning backspace with the trash can lid. Yeah. <laughs> and that's something, like, like you got to be able to spin around fast enough to do that. And yep. she can. Like, she's probably one of maybe probably two people in the whole world who could do that thing. Yeah. And, that was really cool. And of course, we, you know, we, we cannot, last but not least, you know, we, we have to talk about the, the moonsault off the top of the cage. Well, yeah. I mean, I, I thought she might do something like that. I wasn't, but, yeah, you know, I wasn't sure because, look, she does not, like, she saves stuff like that. You know, she doesn't do it every week or every month or whatever. Like, um, and but she said at the press conference thing afterwards that she had to do that. So, <laughs> but that was absolutely awesome. incredible. Yeah, yeah. We had oh, sounds like we all had a good time there. Yeah. Um, so next up, we had Gunther defending his Intercontinental Championship against the Miz, and he of course won by submission. Uh, Gunther, that is. Um, the uh, I mean, I don't want to. This match was fun. Um, you know, Miz got his stuff in and we had a lot of fun and I was never, I never, I saw some people say they, they thought Miz had a shot at some points. I never really did, but, um, I don't know. Um, but in any case, this is a lot of fun and I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Mike Mizan is an awesome wrestler. Like we don't need to go over this every single week. All of you people who think that he sucks for some reason. I don't even know what to tell you anymore. DJ? Yeah, I don't have much to add to this. Mike Mizanin is that guy. And at some point, the internet has got to give this guy his flowers. You don't like the guy because you don't like the guy, which is the fucking point. He's supposed to piss you off. He's supposed to annoy you. That's his job. He gets paid very well to do it. He does a great job at it. He's worth every penny they're paying him. Uh, As far as an in-ring worker, I think he's great. Um, do I think he's one of the hold-for-hold hold best ever? Absolutely not, but I think he's very, very good. I think he's criminally underrated. He went out there and he had a great match with Gunther. I had no misconceptions about whether or not Gunther was going to win or lose. I guess the question at this point is, what do you do with Gunther? Because, and, I, and we don't have to answer this right now. This is more rhetorical than anything else. The guy's obviously earmarked for greater things. When... Do we get to that? And I think that's a discussion for another night. All right. Rob? Okay, so... Okay. They did have me believing for a brief second. And that's when the oh. miss started, when the miss started cheating. Oh, okay. Because that's when I... Because that was the direction... I didn't think... Because he'd been acting more like a baby face the past few weeks. So I think, you know... So I thought he was just going to play it straight. But then when he when he resorted to the cheating i was thinking oh they might do this here right because because then look i mean you don't have to worry about you know you know going through losing because somebody cheated is fine right um so i thought uh, for you know for a few seconds there i thought oh well they they might do this okay and then of course then when going to kick out all that stuff no okay well not <laughs> but and you know and but again you know we don't yeah we don't need to keep rehashing that yes the Miz is actually a good professional wrestler and y'all need I get sick and tired I even said I think Saturday like 
if anybody on if I see anybody say that I didn't know he could do all that, I'm I'm blocking your ass. Pretty much, yeah. I saw that tweet yeah. from you. Yeah, I'm not gonna look at that crap. I mean, and, and honestly, it's by people who know better, right? Yeah, it's, it's by people who, at this point. It's by people who are clearly engagement farming, and you know, yeah. and I, I hate that shit. And fuck you, all right? I'm <laughs> sorry, <laughs> but that, no, that's how I feel about people who say stupid ass things for engagement farming. Anyway, good match. Yeah, yeah, good match. Good job, everybody. Excellent. All right. Um, so next up, we had Santos Escobar, excuse me, uh, versus Dragon Lee in a fun little match. Uh, very obviously lucha style and uh, showing off why both guys are exactly where they are. DJ's um, and Dragon Lee. What? DJ's favorite luchador, Dragon Lee. Yeah, Rob, Rob can go, Rob can go first here. <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm kind of in. I'm more in DJ's camp than I'm not, but I'm not as fight, quite. Uh, DJ's definitely the chieftain of that camp. Um, but yeah, I, I'm just like, hey, you're you're a good luchador guy. I don't know. But I see, but I see the vision because like I'm like I don't know. I feel like he can talk. He just doesn't. Um, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, uh, Santos won, and uh, yeah, and they keep uh, cruising. So uh, DJ, why did you go? Why did you go? Thank you. Thank you. Quick question. Did they call an audible and call this match early? Maybe. Because I feel like it just kind of ended abruptly. I I feel like somebody may have, you know, called it into the referee, like, okay, get him out of here. Yeah, this I'm gonna be honest with you. I love Escobar. I really do. I've liked this guy since NXT. I've spoken how I feel about Dragon Lee. I whoever thinks that Dragon Lee is going to replace Rey Mysterio when Rey Mysterio finally hangs it up. I'm sorry, you're smoking some you're smoking some of the good stuff. You're you're in Tony Khan's powder, and you need to get your face out of it. Um, he's fine, but I've seen him live on NXT house shows a few times. I've seen enough to not be impressed. And I hate saying that because I, I wanted to give the guy a chance. He came in with a lot of fanfare, but I this this match wasn't it. I mean, some of the high spots were pretty cool. Uh, Escobar hit him with a. Uh, I I always pop for a top rope Hurricanrana. Like I always will. I just to me, I just think it's a it's a ballsy move, uh, and that looked good. And you know, but beyond that, this match. I was staring at my phone. I hate to say that, but. Well, well, I'm all right. Sorry, I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It's, you know, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I liked something that I didn't. I'm not that big of an e-drone. If if nothing else on the on the uh, Mindless Wrestling podcast, we are honest. Rob? Yeah. Um, I, okay, I'm not as far in that camp as you guys are with Dragon Lee. I, th- I do think he's fine. And um, you know, he, you know, Sin Cara, you know, I mean, you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, which Sin Cara was fine. Sin Cara could do all the lucha stuff, you know, that, that you needed to be done in a match. Um, you know, he's fine. I don't dislike him, but you know, um, and I was kind of, yeah, I, mean, I didn't really pay that much attention to this match, to be honest. Same thing. Um, and, look, I mean, we knew who was winning. And I will say I do appreciate that 
did they didn't did Santos did not cover him when he did the Canadian destroyer that he went right to his finisher because the, the, at this point there's no point in even covering somebody after doing a Canadian destroyer anymore you know so uh, I appreciate that he did not do that <laughs> but other than that yeah yeah whatever yeah. they could have done this on SmackDown yeah yep fair enough all right, so next up we had uh, quite the barn burner, in my opinion. We had Rhea Ripley successfully defend her uh, WWE Women's W, uh, excuse me, Women's World Championship. Got to get my titles correct uh, against Zoe Stark in a fun, fun match. Uh, my personal highlight was Rhea re- reversing that uh, as, uh, excuse me, Zoe's finisher, um, but and then Rhea hit her with a. Absolutely monstrous riptide. Um, and yeah, we had a lot of fun. DJ? Uh, yeah, this was again a great, great match. Probably my second favorite match of the night. Uh, very high on Zoe Stark. I have been for quite some time. Rhea Ripley speaks for, her, speaks for herself. I'm looking forward to seeing more from these two down the road. I feel like this was a test run for Zoe Stark. Let's see what she can do in the top spot. I think she shined. Uh, you know, no shame. Hang, you know, pick your chin up. You know, no, no shame in losing this one. There you go, Rob. Oh, I'm, I'm gonna be Debbie Downer here. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> um, it was just okay to me because like to me, like they were going like 90 miles an hour, and then it felt like to me like they bo- both ran out of gas after a couple of minutes. Yeah, the the middle got a little little questionable. That I'll, I'll concede there. And then they had that one spot where whatever they were supposed to be doing off the top rope just was didn't happen. Um, you know, I'm like, I, yeah, I don't know what happened there, but you know, it it started dragging for me in the middle because I think I, again, it felt to me like they just both kind of ran out of gas really quickly. They're going too hard at the beginning. Yeah. And then you know they kind of picked it up at the end, and you know it was it was fine. Um, I mean overall, sure. if I had to give it a grade overall, I'd say good, but yeah, it was kind of just you know up and down, up and down for me, and you know. Yeah, there were definitely high spots, but yeah, I agree with you guys. It kind of got clunky in the middle there. But overall, good time, and uh, I think we'll obviously agree with you guys. We'll see more of Zoe Stark in the future. Um, so, and then last but certainly not least, we had the men's Royal, uh, excuse me, Royal Rumble match. <laughs> not yet, Jason. Not yet. No, we still we got um, another two months away from that, sir. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. We had uh, the Judgment Day face off, the Judgment Day and Drew McIntyre. So, uh, Damian Priest, Finn Balor, Dirty Dom, and JD McDonough with obviously Drew McIntyre face off against Team Cody Rhodes with Cody Rhodes. Uh, the world champion Seth freaking Rollins, James So, Sami Zayn, and Randy Orton did show up after you know a few moments of doubt. Uh, the theme song hit, and he was you know it was good to see Randy playing the face and getting so excited. And I'm I'm just really excited for his uh, inevitable heel turn um, because he's having way too much fun right now. Um, but in any case, uh, the match was awesome. Uh, I particularly enjoyed the um, the spot with Jay and uh, the Jay and Randy, or Jay's saying I didn't, or excuse me, Randy saying I, you know, I'm watching you. I didn't forget what you did, and then Jay immediately saves him via super kick. Um, so what that story has been a lot of fun. Um, but then, yeah, so team uh, team uh, 
Cody wins, and then the show goes off the air, and we had a great time, everybody. But Rob, what do you think when the uh, when this ended the show and nothing else happened? Um, okay, so for me, um, see, I kind of zoned out during a lot of this match because everything for me was this was happening to me when they put all the weight on what's going to happen at the end of the match. I right. tend to zone out. Um, in this case, I did that, and I, I, I zoned out until, you know, that those last few minutes when Rhea came out of the briefcase, and, you know, I had suggested they do that a couple of weeks ago. And then, you know, then Randy's music hit, and then for me, like, the last, the last few minutes of the match were excellent. And that's really, honestly, mostly what I paid attention to. I, I did go back and watch it again. And so the one thing where like Drew and Priest like choke slam like three of those guys, I forgot, forgot which three, but that was really cool. Um, yeah. But other than that, yeah, I mean the whole thing was about Randy coming in there, and so you know he and he was obviously super fired up to be back, and we were all super fired up to see him. And so the, yeah, I mean the, the finish, the closing sequence was great, and as far as. <laughs> As far as the end of the show, I will simply say that Hunter, you did trick me with the copyright logo at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> We're going to get to that because I've got some words at the end of this. At the end of this okay. show here, but yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, again, no, you know, no diss to the guys in the match. I just because they they put so much emphasis on what was going to you know what was going to happen in those last few minutes that I did kind of zone out for most of it, to be honest. All right, DJ. Um, this was a match. There are certain matches you watch for the wrestling or for the content that's going on during the match. And for me, that match was the women's um, War Games match. While there were some great storytelling going on, that match was more about what happened bell to bell. The men's War Game match for me was more about one, Randy Orton's return. Uh, to the storylines involved in the middle of that, the big one being Jey Uso. Jey Uso's got heat with everybody in that ring, including people on his own team. You know, and the only person who's been, you know, other than, you know, and even Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn for a little while was like, I don't know if I trust you, buddy. You know, we're, we're not there yet. Um, but Cody was the only one that was willing to give Jay a clean slate. Like, hey, look, this guy's here. Let's give him a clean slate. Let's see what happens with him. And everybody else is kind of like, I, this guy's done me dirty. Then you look at the other side of the ring and he's got heat with, you know, um, Drew McIntyre. And Drew McIntyre is like, I can't wait till I get him in the cage. So there was a lot of great storytelling going on there, even if the content bell to bell wasn't compelling. And largely it was not. Um, I will say one thing about Randy Orton. Um about a year or so ago, the price of eggs went through the roof because it was supposedly an egg shortage. Did you guys look at Randy Orton? I think I figured out where all the eggs and all the protein went. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that dude looked to be about 20 pounds heavier than normal <laughs> Randy Orton. He looked fucking incredible. <laughs> yeah. He comes out and I'm like, Jesus, look at this jack. He all not quite as big because he's not as tall nor as overall thick. He kind of looked like Batista. Like, you just look at the overall just friggin' physique. I'm like, holy shit, he looks like Batista. Um, incredible. And I loved, and 
the way they introduced him will play into what we're going to talk about in a few minutes because I thought it was really, really well done given the context of what happened, you know, after the credits rolled, so to speak. Um, that Randy, for me, his return was just top-notch, well done. He got back in the ring, and I don't know how ready to go Randy is. I haven't watched SmackDown. I, he worked a match Friday night, didn't he? Monday he did. Or Monday. He worked a match Monday. I'm sorry. I'm all twisted around with the holidays. We're not in Friday yet. That's tomorrow um, as we record this. Um, Randy Orton, and this is where a lot of young guys really need to pay attention to Randy Orton. This dude is the king of letting a moment breathe. Like, he went out there and milked. Like, you look at, go back and watch the match. From when Randy Orton hits the ring to the time the bell rings and the match is over, Randy Orton didn't do a whole lot. He hit a few RKOs, he hit a couple of power slams, he took a little bit of heat, and that crowd went bananas for it. Because he got out there, he knew what they were there for, he gave them everything they wanted to see, and he just, he didn't rush from spot to spot to spot. When he does a move, it's explosive, and it means something. But then he pulls himself back, and he looks at the crowd, and lets the crowd realize what he's just done. He's so freaking good at that. And that's... It kind of makes me mad because I wasn't always the biggest Randy Orton fan. Uh, much bigger fan now than I was 15, 20 years ago when he debuted. Uh, but just so, so good to see a master at his craft go out there and work that crowd the way people should. And I really think a lot of the younger talent needs to look at what that guy does. And goddamn, if Randy Orton, if you're a young wrestler in this industry and Randy Orton gives you advice, shut your mouth and listen to him. Because that dude... Just freaking incredible. Just, just goddamn so good. Yep. And so uh, that's our show, everybody. So uh, <laughs> if you call it sports entertainment, if you call it pro wrestling, is that how it goes? Uh, something like that. We'll get to that in a minute because I think I think the music just hit. <laughs> I, we were about to roll credits and the music just hit. Uh, and we're not going to talk about CM Punk exclusively. Uh for reasons that we're going to get into in a minute, but I do want to talk about the way they teased it. And it was really good because it's been rumored for weeks that CM Punk, obviously we've talked at great length about what happened in AEW rumored that he, it's in Chicago, CM Punk's hometown, CM Punk's a free agent, everybody, but CM Punk had pretty much said, Hey, we think CM Punk's going to be it at Survivor Series and, you know, of course, the, you know, the dirt sheets. Well, he might, he might not pay me twelve ninety nine a month. He even uh, launched some hints on his Instagram. He did. He did. He left, he left people, left people guessing. But what I liked about yeah. what they did, they're in Chicago. They keep teasing Randy Orton. Will he, won't he? So there's that asterisk in the air. If Randy doesn't, who's going to show? Who's going to take that last spot? Okay, so now the speculation for Punk is really ramped up. Like, okay, maybe because I've even I've been on podcasts where people have said this. Like, well, maybe Randy's really not ready to go, and they're using him as a smokescreen, and they're going to really bring out Punk. So you're like, okay, so I'm watching, and I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and Randy's music still hasn't hit, still hasn't hit, still hasn't. All of a sudden, Rhea comes down with the briefcase. I'm like, all right, what are we doing? If they're going to do it, they're going to do it now. 
Randy's music hits after this long pause, and you're thinking during that pause after the timer is up, it's like, okay, if Randy's not coming out, is it going to be punk? Because there's a lot of speculation that it might be. So you've got that little peer, that little window where it may happen. And all of a sudden, Orton's music hit. And Orton's music hits, and it throws you completely off the scent because you're like, oh, shit, it is Orton, which is awesome. Awesome that it's Randy Orton. The place exploded for it. But then you're like, okay. And, and in my head, I'm like, okay, it's Randy Orton. They're not doing punk tonight. Like, they're not doing it. If he's coming back, it's not happening tonight. So they have completely worked me at this point. And then they, they get to the end. They're like, all right, thank you for showing. Thank you for coming. You know, calling them, blah, blah, blah. Like Jason just did. They went into the closer. They threw the graphic up there right before they're about to go into the next WWE Network show promo. And they hit the music. And, and just the production aspect of that was absolutely brilliant. The, the way they did it, the way they teased it, the way they pulled you back from the tease was a masterstroke. Because uh, for me, like I, you know, I figured that okay, that you know, um, this is the show. Okay, cool, no problem. Because you know, I figured okay, well, because the crowd never really hijacked the show. There were, were some few punk chants during the show, but they never really hijacked it. So I just figured that okay, probably won't happen here, and everybody seems to be okay with it. Nobody seems to be, you know, they're not hijacking the show. Uh, everybody seems to be cool with him not being here this time. And now, look, I I never thought, I never believed any of that stuff where they said, well, they have no interest at all. I never believed that shit. I mean, and I'm sorry, you you, you idiot wrestling journalists who were printing that. Y'all are a bunch of morons, okay? Well, they told me that they didn't have any interest. What the hell you think they're going to tell you? Are, are people just not wanting to be surprised anymore? Like, I've said this on this show so many times. And, and I know I'm going off on a tangent here because... Like, Go ahead. We've already talked about, you know, the man enough. So I'm going to... It's time to break the shovel out of here, okay? Um, okay. Because <laughs> you idiot wrestling journalists. Well, they told everybody I talked to said they're not interested. And, and a few of you even went as far as to say is, they wouldn't lie to me. Right. Really? really? They wouldn't lie to you, Mr. Website Man? Really? Why would they not lie to you? Who the hell are you? You're not Walter Cronkite. You're not, you know, I mean, please. Oh, they, they wouldn't lie to me. They'd get in big trouble if they lied to me about it. Oh, why are you kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? What kind of trouble are they going to get into with you if they lie to you about it, Mr. Okay, Website? I'm sorry. These, these are the guys that they think that the ladies at the gentleman's club actually like them. That's That's how these people sound, okay? Like, oh, man, she came and she sat down at the table and she, she talked to us for 20 minutes, man. It was really cool. Well, yeah, because you gave her a bunch of money. Shoe bear is hot tonight. <laughs> and that, I mean, come on. I mean, look, if you gave me 50 bucks, I'd sit down and talk with you for 20 minutes too, okay? Right. <laughs> okay. I mean, thanks, but, um, I mean, but I mean, that's that, that's the biggest thing to me about all this. All these, these stupid people, they're just stupid, stupid people. And you think that. 
I mean, and, and you really think that they're going to tell you the truth? Okay, the, the, the fact that, they, okay, if they told you that, yeah, we are interested, then yeah, you probably should have believed that. But when they, but, but when they told you no, okay, and I know I'm going, I'm sorry, I, I, I'm going, I, I got to go, I got to keep going. Okay, I know, I know we didn't plan on me going on this long extended thing here, but I'm cooking here, right? Because listen, um, there was at least a good year to wait before you decided that, okay, they're not going to bring him in. Okay. At least a, a year. I mean, because look, there's, there was the survivor series. There's the rumble. There's WrestleMania. There's the road to WrestleMania. There's the road to SummerSlam. There's a whole year. You could wait before finally deciding that, okay, they're not going to bring him in. You people were out here in September, September talking about, Oh, well, they're, they're just saying they're not interested. <laughs> It's September, you morons. I mean, come on. You think they're going to tell you in September that, it, that it's, it's over? Do you really think they're going to tell you in September that there's no chance they're ever going to bring him in? Really? I mean, I, I'm sorry. You people are idiots. I, I think the thing that gets me the most, and I, I started to say this a minute ago, is that people want to spoil things for themselves. And I think back to Spider-Man No Way Home. Like, we all kind of knew that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield were going to be in it, okay? We kind of knew that the, the word got out there that they had were probably going to be in it. But how how much of a shit bomb would that have been if the studio had come out and said, yeah, they're both going to be in it, and, you know, they're going to do this, and they're going to do that, and all this stuff is going to happen, and you guys are going to love it. Like, I feel like that takes the punch away from the thing if we know going in. Because for me... As far as the Marvel movies go, that was a cool fan service moment. And for people that have wanted CM Punk to come back to WWE, or even the people that didn't, even the people that absolutely didn't want him to come back because they're so in love with AEW and they wanted him on AEW TV, um, for those people to be so desperate to spoil that moment, I, I got to ask why why do that to yourselves like why do you gotta know just as we say on this show all the time sit back watch the show you know it's you do so much to ruin your enjoyment of this thing and it just blows my mind that people are like that um as we get deeper into this like rob said we're not going to discuss um cm punk as, as a person, as a wrestler, if you want to hear mine and Rob's thoughts on that, we did a short episode with uh, PC Tunney and Dave, and I can't remember if AJ was in there or not. I know it was me, Rob, and Dave, um, for sure, with PC Tunney. You can go listen to that on the Chairshot Radio Network. Uh, I forget what Tunney called it. It had something to do with Chicago or something. Chicago made return or something like that. Go check that out. It's not real long. It's a quick episode. We give our brief thoughts on CM Punk and the return. I want to talk more specifically, actually, to Jason. Um, Jason, if you've listened to this podcast for any length of time, when Punk first came back to professional wrestling and he started back with AEW and he came out and he did his first promo and Jason got on this show and said, you know what? What's happened in the past has happened in the past. Let's live. Let's give this guy a shot. Jason also had some very choice words because 
you know, CM Punk's got a very poor history with WWE as well as some of us diehard wrestling WWE fans. He went on a Colt Cabana podcast, said some very uh, derogatory things about the company, had some very choice things to say about certain talent in the company, one being Roman Reigns. And quite frankly, the things that he had to say made Roman Reigns' work life rather difficult for a couple of years because those fans that live and die by CM Punk, live and die by the WWE sucks rhetoric, made things very difficult for Roman online, at shows, on TV. You know, it was very, very difficult for that guy and any momentum that he had prior to that got absolutely derailed. And it took him a couple of years to recover from that. Jason, being that Roman Reigns is his favorite wrestler, being that Jason's a kind human being in general, and this guy had some very negative things to say, and bred a very toxic fan base. Jason, again, felt the way he felt, but again, Jason being a kind person said, you know what, he's in AEW, he's cut this promo, he's basically said, look, sometimes when you're in a place and it makes you sick, you got to get out of the place so that you can heal and get better. Here I am. So Jason's initial thought was, you know what? Let's give it a chance. Let's let it play out. Let's see where it goes. And in less than two years, twice, CM Punk fucked that up. Okay? So the chance that Jason gave him got expired twice. Now CM Punk is back in WWE. And Jason, who is coming up on three years of doing this podcast with us, January will be three years. Jason's been a a member of this team texted us after Survivor Series and said, look, I'm out. He's like, I'm out for next week. He wasn't going to record tonight. He's like, I I feel a certain way about this CM Punk situation. I don't like it. And in his eyes, and I want him to build upon this, and then we can talk about the toxicity that goes along with it. Um, <clears throat> he's not here for the toxicity that seems to follow CM Punk. And he's worried that CM Punk being back is going to bring in a toxicity and a negativity that is going to ruin his enjoyment of, one, watching this thing that he loves, and two, getting up here with us week after week and talking about this thing that he loves. So I'm going to let Jason kind of take over here a little bit and kind of build on what I just, you know, build on the foundation that I just laid out here. Jason, if you would. I think Jason's muted, and he either bailed out on us or something. Um, he's muted. I got the yeah. Um, I see a little mute thing on his. Yeah. All right. Oh, here he comes. Here he comes. Jason, uh, go ahead. No, I just had it. I I wasn't like bailing out on you. Um. So yeah. First of all, your points about the production were awesome. Uh, I never got tricked because I was like, I'm not, I'm not believing this until it goes to black. Um, but the production was amazing at how they pulled people and they tricked a majority of people. Um, and then I'll tell you my honest to God reaction, the music hit the thing they, you know, the music hit the Titan Tron says CM Punk. Uh, and I'm like, well, there is a 0.00001% chance that either Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar or somebody comes out in the most epic troll job of all time. But no, a healthy, fit-looking, freshly haircutted CM Punk walked through the door, and I immediately looked for the next college basketball game that was on. Uh, so, just because 
Yeah, DJ, he summed it up. This guy brings, you know, he, any. I don't believe anything he says. I mean, obviously, he's a he's the king. If Cody Rhodes didn't exist, he would own the king Carney crown. Uh, but Cody Rhodes started a wrestling federation, so he won that one forever. But again, if CM Punk was active for all those years, uh, who knows? But in any case, he's a king Carney. Obviously, you got me once. There is evidence of this on Spotify. If you go back to the old Mindless Wrestling Pod uh, feed, I believe it's still up. Um, there, it's still up. I looked at it the other day. There you go. So the, there's audio evidence of me saying to, to telling both of you, by the way, Telling both of you, let's give this guy a chance because both of you were still in fuck that guy mode. Oh, absolutely. 100%. Yeah. So it's funny how things have, have come around. But I will say this. He cut the same bullshit promo that I'm not going to buy. I will believe that he's not here to make friends. He's here to make money. That's where he's always been, though. That's the biggest. That's the most truth he's ever told into any camera ever. Um. Which, hey, I can't knock that. Um, I'm Obviously, don't screw over every single person you meet when you do that. But, you know, obviously, get your money. Uh, and, again, the people saying, like, I will say, people saying, like, oh, yeah, you went right back to where the place that got you sick. It's like, no, 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 no. He left so that he could get well again. He, number one, he is... Even with all the shit with all, all ball out and all that and getting fired twice, almost you know, suspended twice and fired. Even after all that, I still believe he probably is in a better mental place simply because he signed this contract and he's here. Because I had to believe there's, there's a lot of structure. There's probably a lot of zeros, but there's probably a lot of structure in his contract. Uh, I just have to believe that. Um, based on WWE's track record. So, um, but in any case, they're, they're in a different place. He's in a different place. So we'll see with him. That's fine. Honestly, like if it was just him, but DJ, you nailed it. This dude brings the worst fans. Like, I'm sorry. Like if you're a CM Punk diehard, I'm very sorry, but you know, chances are that I, I don't know. Uh, but in any case, all those fans have mostly, even still with the current decline of AEW, have been on that side of the street. And especially, obviously, when he worked there. Now, obviously, they're moving back over here. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want this place to become a cesspool again. You know? And because and, I, you know, I follow a lot of people who, you know, like both. And they're all awesome people who like both. I very, I don't. There's not a lot of diehards that I, the AEW diehards that I interact with, because most of them are kind of miserable. Um, but in any case, I don't know. It's just, yeah, you nailed it, DJ. They bring, the hit CM Punk brings that fan base. I'm willing to give him a shot. Um, I think, I mean, I'm, if he somehow gets Roman Reigns at Philadelphia, I'm going to be, I'm going to scream bloody murder until the end of the match when Roman hopefully wins. But like, I think they're obviously building towards Seth, so thank goodness. But in any case, uh, yeah, I'm kind of rambling now, so I'll kind of end on. I'm going to give the guy a, a shot, but the fan experience is going to be very, very interesting to watch over the next couple of months, especially with 
based on his trajectory. If he's, you know, and who knows, maybe it'll be like it was in AEW because I'm sorry that they cooled off. They had a big bump when he was on, he was on the show. And then all of a sudden it, they came, they came right back down to earth. So, you know, but you know, who knows as he's obviously the numbers don't lie. The dude made, makes a incredible impact. And that the fact that his return to AEW, I mean, excuse me, to WWE, all social media numbers and all that stuff just dwarf his return to wrestling. That I think speaks volumes. So um, it's just it. WWE, they're unstoppable. Like they literally are unstoppable. Um, yeah. And Tony, Tony, just <clears throat> concentrate on being a an alternative. That is your best course of action. Because you've you you literally have an apples to apples comparison of what the exact almost exact same moment does in each of your companies, and it's not even close. So I credit to CM Punk because he he what I thought he was not the biggest return in wrestling anymore, and I was wrong. Um, he still was, even though he already returned to wrestling. So hats off to you, man. Well, uh, I said yeah. this with Rob and Tunney on the DWI Supplemental Podcast last weekend. The story surrounding CM Punk, the big story, was never his return to wrestling. I mean, eventually at some point, the guy was going to try it again somewhere. Whether it was you know, before AEW was a thing, if it was going to be Impact, if he was going to go to Japan, somewhere this guy was going to get back in the ring. The big story, given the way that it ended, given the, the, the way things went down, has always been CM Punk coming back to WWE. That was always a bigger story. AEW was never going to top that. That Tony getting him back was a big deal. Let's let's not you know, not uh, let's not shit on that. It was a big deal. It was a big accomplishment, but it was not the story. The story is now. What happens with CM Punk? Is he able to kind of rehab his image? Um, and in the eyes of certain fans, I know there's some people that the guy could walk in the room and take a shit. And they would prop it up on a pedestal like it was the greatest shit that was ever shit out of anybody's ass. And, you know, that's just the sad truth. What I want to see is the people who's who he burnt in the back. You know, the, the people that legitimately, openly had heat with him. Can he mend those fences? And, and you, you don't need to be. And I, I tell my team this all the time. You guys don't talk to each other outside of work. You don't kiss each other's babies. You don't go out for drinks. You don't do that. That's fine. When you walk through that door and you clock in, you are respectful to everyone that you work with. You don't have to like them. Be respectful. And if we can get to that point with CM Punk where at least people are willing to work with him and he's respectful enough, I think that that's what I mean by, by image rehab. I, he probably gives a fuck what the fans think to a degree. But it, it's the boys in the back wanting to work with him and saying, you know what, I can let what happened happened and let it go and move on. And and it for the sake of making a buck, and let's let's be fair here, there's still plenty of money to be made off of CM Punk and for CM Punk. Rob, go ahead. I know you've got some thoughts. Yeah, um, because well in regards to like the whole fan thing, um because 
like I'm I'm every bigger Roman Reigns mark as Jason is. It's just I usually let him handle it because he, you know, because I'm occupied. <laughs> you know, okay, bigger. I'm a better fan. It's fine. Oh, oh, I've got some thoughts about that. Go ahead and finish, Rob. But I I, I got a thought about that. But anyway, um, just this whole yeah, the fan discourse can can make things really bad. And, you know, I've said before about us getting too attached to these people and kind of putting almost kind of moral, you know, things into how the wrestling show was booked. Um, you know, I, yeah, look, I, I've experienced this on two fronts, of course. There was with Roman, there was that the whole Colt Cabana podcast thing you talked about. And, of course, with my other favorite wrestler, there, a very similar thing happened where, you know, a group of fans basically weaponized the way that the television show was booked and then it turned it into a moral commentary on, you know, the 14 time women's champion. Right. And that can make it, it makes things very miserable. It makes it hard to be a fan sometimes. So I completely get where Jason is coming from here. Um, you know, I were when that belt swap thing happened, it was an absolutely terrible place to be, a fan of Charlotte Flair during that month um, because every, you know, every bad thing that, you know, that some people had always believed got dragged back up and, you know, every, every you know, and it was, it, it was just bad and everything got, you know, and again, people were making moral, full moral judgments of someone's real life character based on, you know, 30 seconds on a wrestling show. And, you know, with, with Punk doing the whole keep Roman strong thing, it basically, he painted, he painted Joe Anawahi as an incompetent worker, basically. Okay. It wasn't about the character of Roman Reigns, right? It was about the man, he was basically saying that the man who played the character needed help to look good at doing his job. Right. And there were, and some of, for many years, there's, there was a very loud, very vocal section of fans that took that to heart and it, it believed every bit of it. And they made, like you said, they made life, they made things more difficult for Joanna Wahi, not, you know, Roman Reigns, the character, right? Um, they were booing him out of the building and not be, because of the character, not because of anything his character was doing on television. They were booing him out of the building because they believed that, you know, Joanna Wahi was bad at his job. Because of thing, and at least partially because of some things that Philip Jack Brooks said on the podcast. Okay, um, and look for those probably uh, until Roman came back from you know, when he had to go out for leukemia. Until he came back from that, there were many times where it was it was absolutely just miserable being a fan of his, and. You know, and a lot of that was caused by what CM Punk said. And so I completely understand, you know, not wanting to see him come back. <laughs> okay. Um, just like, look, I mean, again, going back to, you know, the thing with whole Becky and Charlotte thing, the, the stuff, you know, for those of us who are really, you know, deep into the weeds on that around WrestleMania 35 and the period after that, um, it got really bad. There was a lot of bad stuff being said above and beyond normally just above and beyond. I don't like that wrestler type of stuff. 
you know, and stuff like that was said about Roman Reigns. Um, and it, it got, and so, you know, seeing CM Punk come back, for, yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, it, it stirs up some bad things. Um, and it's unfortunate that sometimes fandom can go that way. And, you know, just, again, we don't know these people, right? Um, and most of us don't don't have any idea of what it actually means to be good at their jobs either. So for, for y'all to have taken Make Roman Strong into believing that Joe and why he was not good at his job was just, you know, way too much. Yeah. I've, I've Dude, got some thoughts I on that. A, Go ahead, Jason, then I, I've got a thought on that. When I got into wrestling, it was uh, like 20, uh, 2015. Uh, so Survivor, uh, no, excuse me, SummerSlam 2015. And then I got, you know, dragged into the IWC soon after. And by that point, I, you know, Roman was already my guy. But, like, being a fan was almost counterculture at that point. It um, was. So, I, I will so, yeah, say it, this. This is not necessarily meant to condone or endorse anything CM Punk said on the Cole Cabana podcast. He certainly, as Rob alluded to, made Joe Anawaii's life difficult for several years. That being said, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Would we have gotten this incredible tribal chief run if that doesn't happen? Because I feel like that happened out of necessity. Like, like obviously, Roman was earmarked for to be a bit the next big guy. Like, Vince looked at him. Just aesthetically, you look at the guy and he screams, yeah, that's the guy right there. There were other pieces that Roman needed to put together. Um, it definitely was not the in-ring work. Um, there was a point in time where I'll be dead honest with you guys. He was my third favorite member of the shield. Um, it was very obvious that he was still pretty green, but I saw the vision. I also, you know, don't think, but I, I, I think the mostly fully formed version of Roman that we could like, because I believe Roman still has more to grow. And like, if that's at all possible, we still have not seen the final evolution of Roman Reigns. Um, but I think where he's at now is leaps and bounds better than early babyface, early big dog Roman Reigns. And, and we don't get this without the Colt Cabana podcast. And I hate that that's what it took for people to go, oh, wait, this guy is amazing. You know, but we've also this is what, what would it say about, you know, making chicken salad out of chicken shit. You know, CM Punk fed everybody a bunch of chicken shit, and Vince, Roman, Joe Anawaii, Triple H have gone out and made just 
gourmet chicken salad out of this and really stuck it to him and have stuck it to everybody who latched onto that rhetoric and turned it into a Roman Reigns sucks campaign. You know, Roman Roman has completely flipped it on him and 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 buried him with it, to be honest with you. But I, I think it, you know, it, it took it took a catalyst. And as much as I hate to use that word with with CM Punk, the Cole Cabana podcast was a catalyst for what we eventually got. And I don't I think if if that never happens, Vince and WWE never pivot. And sometimes trials and tribulations bring out the best in us. And I think to Roman's credit, you know, Joe Anawai's credit, he took this whole situation and said, you know what? Give it to me. Give it to me. Let me have it. Let me work with this. Let me do this thing. And it'll be something. And, and here we are. He's the biggest star in the industry. And I think that's, I think that's amazing. I wasn't I wasn't around for the turn because by the time I got there, people were already you know booing Roman. Um, so it was there was a point in time before fun. the Colt Cabana podcast, Roman Reigns was picking up steam. So, Fans so were into insane. him. I think even though a lot of people apparently earmarked him as their guy from the Shield anyway, um, even though. I think the the turn would have happened. People would have just turned against and booed him like John Cena style eventually if they had stayed the course and just done the same exact stuff in the same exact timeline. You know, Brock at WrestleMania doesn't quite win. Brock at WrestleMania 32, he wins. Or, you know, WrestleMania 32, he wins against Triple H. You know, I think the crowd does eventually turn on him um, down the road. But well, because the crowd, and as soon as the word, this didn't even, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. This doesn't even come from CM Punk. This goes again back to the wrestling exactly. journalists. All they do is say the words, Vince's chosen one. Right. And there's a pocket of the internet that just turns on, it could be anybody. So if they did that tomorrow, if they said, you know what, Becky Lynch is Triple H's chosen one, they'll turn on her. Well, maybe not Triple H, but in any case, like, um, I think, but again, it's very clear that the Cabana podcast was a pushing of that boulder that was already going to go down that hill, but he, he gave it a good jump start. Well, well, so, well, um, yeah, Rob, go ahead. Oh, because it was, well, I guess the thing is for me, um, you know, like booing him the way that they booed John Cena eventually, look, that's fine, whatever. It's, it, but it took on a personal. Thing. Yeah. And that's, and then that's very much it. The situation with Cena, like I explained to my daughter one time, she was watching it with me. And she was still rather young. She's like, Dad, why are they booing John Cena? I'm like, honey, they don't even know why they're booing John Cena anymore. Right. Yeah, they yeah. really didn't. Right. And to me, and to, I mean, that was to me, it was dumb, but they didn't make it personal. Um, you know, they made it personal with Joe Anawaii. Right. Um, they made right. it. They they've made it you know personal with Ashley Fleer okay yeah and that's where and, and hey some people have made it personal with you know Rebecca Quinn not really that's yes, really on it. this very podcast yeah. well yeah well that's that's true but no Rob is Rob is you know working when he does stuff like that like she's you know she she has her fan her. Not so kind people online too. Anyway, a lot of the big people do. But I mean, just again, like, it it turned it turned on a personal nature. No, right. Not. 
to the point where, you know, even beyond CM Punk, he gets blamed for, you know, he got, they're blaming him for Daniel Bryan not getting, you know, for stuff with Daniel Bryan. They blame him for stuff with Cesaro. For, for anybody who was an internet favorite who didn't, you know, get a chance or didn't get what people thought was a proper chance, he was getting blamed on a personal level for it. You know, like, oh, well, he's Vince's boy. That's why they won't, you know, that's why they won't give Cesaro what he deserves because, you know, he's Vince's boy and they got to do, they got to give it to him. I mean, you know, and people, and people got personal about that for, for years. Yeah. And that's where it takes a different tone. Like, look, again, you don't have to be a fan of anybody. You don't have to like any individual wrestler. That's fine. But when it when it when it gets personal with the people who play the characters on TV, then you need to sit back and you need to say, what, what, what are we doing here? And with punk, punk weaponized that. You know, um don't benefit. Right. Um, and he's not the first person to do that and he won't be the last. But, you know, that's where it kind of that's what I think what is missing what has been missing from the whole conversation. The fact that, you know, again, people people were shitting on Joe and Hawaii, not people. I mean, they say the name, they say Roman Reigns, but they were really crapping on Joe because yeah. they believed that Joe was not good at doing his job. I mean, uh, when you're when you're booing the guy as he's walking out of WrestleMania, where he well, he's carrying his daughter, like his you know very very young at that point daughter, like dude, come on. Yeah. So, I, I think with the CM Punk thing, I'm obviously I'm an e drone, and you know I understand business is business. I'm like Jason said willing to give the character on my TV a chance. I hope he is at least copacetic with his co-workers. The only thing that I would say to him is this time around, ask not what your company can do for you. Ask what you can do for your company. And think about what that means. Anybody got anything else? Yeah. Uh, oh, on this, uh, just, you know, I think if, hey, man, if it ends in a Hall of Fame payday, if you, if you just, if you just bend the knee, you know, you'll probably beat Seth at some point and, you know, you'll probably face Roman and my God, somebody painted a picture of Roman doing the stack again with, uh, CM Punk and, uh, <laughs> I Cody Rhodes. <laughs> and I, if guys, I think that that's a zero, zero percent chance possibility. But that's not happening. On the time in the timeline that that happens, and I'm there because I have a ticket for night two at Philly. I I will ascend to a higher plane of existence. There will just be a bright supernova <laughs> of a flash, and then I will be gone because I will be floating among the stars. That's great shit. <laughs> All right. Well, I think we can probably go call the go home spot on wait, wait. guys. Wait, wait. Can we talk about? Can we really quickly talk about MGF killing Kayfabe? Oh Jesus! Do we have to? So, you yeah, Kim, real quick. So MJF's cutting his promo, but he's got a match with Samojo for the w, uh, AEW World Heavyweight Championship, whatever it is, World World Championship. Excuse me. 
um, it, and he's cutting the, you know, oh, I know, you know, Joe's a really cool guy. You know, he never got, he never got his chance. Um, and you know, I always liked Joe. I, it, he's cutting the whole, you know, uh, Joe's a competitor. I respect him. You know, he's a legend doing that whole thing. And he talks about how Joe was never afforded the opportunity to be a world champion in WWE. Oh, by the way, this is uh, this is not Joanna White. This is Samoa Joe. Samoa yeah, Joe. I'm sorry. The, the other Samoan named Joe. The other Samoan right. named Joe. <laughs> right. This is Samoa Joe, who works in AEW. Uh, so, yeah, Samoa Joe was never afforded the opportunity to be a world champion in WWE. He said that on Dynamite in the center of the ring with a mic in his hand. Meanwhile, Samoa Joe had one, two, three, four, five opportunities to win title shots. Oh, well, right. Also, um, look, he overachieved because um, he was only supposed to be in NXT and help out for a little we, while. We, we don't even need to talk about Joe's resume. Uh, Joe's resume speaks for itself. Joe, Joe's resume, Joe's awesome. Joe rules. Joe, 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 Joe. Well, MJF, what are we doing, man? Because, like, do a little research. He, like, first of all, he was a champion. I believe he was the United States champion, and he was yeah. definitely an NXT champion. He was Intercontinental, wasn't he? No, he was United oh, US. Yeah. Well, he definitely fought. He fought Roman for the Intercontinental. He lost, but I was, I found that while I was looking for. I know he fought for the title, and yeah, he fought for the WWE World Championship. If you really want to be a dork about it, because he also did fight for the Universal, which is a world championship. But yeah, he even fought for a title with the with the word world in it, world championship. So like, yeah, so you're literally saying into a microphone, he wasn't booked to win, guys. So right. what does that say about your match upcoming against Joe? I don't know. So whoever, how whoever stupid is win. that promo going to look if he ends up beating Joe? Well, he's going to be. Right. He's going to be. He is. So, you, yeah. God, they're so stupid over there. It's like, and and all that just to do a, a, a you you want to pop the thirty year olds and whatnot in the crowd, and really really confuse the dorky like fourteen year olds who who watch both shows and are like, wait a minute, I've seen Joe fight for the Universal title. Oh, by the way, um, what was the, the best part of it though was when he said, uh. Well, Joe didn't come here to line his pockets, like you know. Yeah. Joe, like, ass. He, yeah. Everybody comes there to line their pockets. It's a job. And is Joe working for free? Is that is that oh, what you're yeah. telling me? Joe ain't working for free. No. Everybody <laughs> comes there to get. Everybody comes. Everybody goes to a job to line their pockets. That is why you go to work. Okay. <laughs> and also, I mean. So yeah, kayfabe died. Yeah, and then yep. you know, and then not, and you know, Joe had gotten released from WWE, which means that it wasn't like he wasn't sitting there with an offer from AEW and an offer from WWE, and he said, yeah, and he he chose to go to AEW out of principle. No, right. I mean, um, that was the best option for him. Actually, they released him twice, and he came back once. Yeah, and which yeah. Is, and, that's, and which is fine, but yeah, but, I mean, yeah. but but to do this whole, you know. Well, he didn't come here and line his pockets. Please. He did. He, he didn't want to sit at home and starve, so what was he supposed to do? Dummy. 
Yeah, he's got a mortgage, man. Yes. Yep, absolutely. So, like I said, I think we can call the go home here. I think we've had a good show tonight. We got a lot, got a lot unpacked. Uh, glad Jason's back. Uh, was expecting a running from PC Tunney. That did not happen. He just finished up recording his own show. So, I think we're going to get out of here tonight. Um, let's go back around the room here, Jason. Sir, thank you for coming in tonight. I was a little, you know. I'm, I'm glad you came in because when you said you weren't going to come in for this week, I was like, ah, crap. And I was a little worried yeah. about it, but you are important to this show. Like I said, we're coming up on three years. And unless my math is off by one or two, this is episode 171 of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Wow. And, and, and that's 171 since the first one I did on my own. If we're looking at this since Rob jumped on, I think it's 151. So count it either way. But either way, we're coming up on three years with Jason as this being a three-man weave. It's been a good time. I'm glad you're still here with us, Jason. Thanks. I'm happy to be here. And who knows what will happen when he starts feuding with Roman and the shots start flying. Oh, gosh. I may have to quit the X app at that point. Look, man. Look, look, okay. I survived. Yeah, I survived a month of full-on character assassination. Okay. <laughs> you can survive that. Okay. We're going to make it, Jason. It's three years. You can do it. Uh, <laughs> and from the Rob the Genius podcast, Rob, another fun show tonight, sir. Oh, and good to be here. And remember, wrestling journalists, they will lie to you. <laughs> yes, they have been lying to you. They should. It's okay. It's a, I, let me peel back the curtain on the wrestling industry for the people who think they have the inside track. It's an industry that's built on deception. Hey, you know what? If anyone believed the, you know, hey, they're not talking to him, they're not talking to him, they're not talking to him, and then was genuinely surprised on, at Survivor Series, good. Good. That's why they lie to you. Yeah. Absolutely. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. We've had another good time tonight. Again, happy holidays. Happy hope your Thanksgiving was good. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Again, find us on YouTube. Go back, listen to that missing episode. We are on YouTube, the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, trying to build that channel up there a little bit. Remember, you can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring, and we're out of here until next week. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. <laughs> 